You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you on Friday, December 11, as we get ready for the Giants' Week 14 game against the Arizona Cardinals. Both the Giants and the Cardinals are fighting for playoff berths. Cardinals at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, fighting for a wild card spot at this point in time. Giants at five and seven, winners of four straight games, are obviously you know tied atop the NFC East at this point with the Washington Football Team in the weak but very entertaining and very surprising NFC East. So this is a a big, meaningful football game for both teams that will kick off at one o'clock. On Sunday at MetLife Stadium, we're going to do a couple of things for you today. We're going to talk to former NFL tight end Ed Smith, who hosts the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast about uh, Sunday's game. We're also going to talk to D.C. area sports columnist Rick Snyder about the Washington football team and the NFC East in general. Before we get to to either of those interviews, though, just a couple of of notes. Uh, As of right now, we do not know if Daniel Jones is going to play on Sunday for the Giants. Jones, obviously, dealing with a hamstring injury, missed last Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. At this point, it looks like Jones is trending toward playing, but Giants head coach Joe Judge has been very noncommittal about that. We probably won't know. Judge has said he won't make a decision until after Friday's practice, which means we probably won't know for certain until Saturday, maybe even Sunday morning, whether Jones will play or not. I expect Jones to play at this point in time. But, you know, we'll wait and see. The Giants won't make any official announcements uh, until they absolutely have to. So we'll wait and see. But obviously the Giants would like to have Jones playing. He obviously brings some elements to uh, to the offense that backup Colt McCoy doesn't bring. And, you know, the Giants would be better off, obviously, with Jones, who is their starter and who was playing well before his injury against the Cincinnati Bengals. They would be better off with him in the lineup. So, Giants fans, cross your fingers that uh, that things go well for Jones in practice on Friday and that he's available for Sunday. 
Um, you know, just a couple of other things. Blake Martinez, we talked to this week, and he also was non-committal about playing. He's been listed as a limited participant in practice. Martinez, of course, missed the end of last Sunday's game with a back injury. We don't know much more about that. Martinez didn't give us any details when he spoke to media on Thursday. So, uh, you know, actually that was, of course, following the, the Joe Judge, we don't talk about injuries sort of uh, mantra that uh, that the Giants have followed most of the season. So didn't expect to get much information out of out of Martinez. And the only other really interesting thing this week has been so much attention focused on defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who really deserves so much credit for what's happened with the Giants this week. So many unheralded players participating and really helping the Giants defense to uh, to play really, really well in recent weeks. Graham getting some buzz lately as a potential head coaching candidate, which I don't think is going to happen immediately. I would expect Graham to be back as Giants defensive coordinator in 2021, but eventually uh, Patrick Graham is going to get a, a head coaching opportunity. I think that uh, that we can be reasonably sure of that maybe a couple of years down the road as the Giants continue to improve, uh, J- Graham will uh, will get a chance to uh, to run his own team in the NFL, and deservingly so. But uh, but for now, Giants fans enjoy Patrick Graham while you have him. He's a terrific defensive coordinator, and the the Giants are are very very lucky to have him at uh, at the present time. All right, let's do this. Let's. Uh, Let's jump right into the interview that I did with Ed Smith of the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast. After the interview with with Ed, we will go to a short break, and then you will hear an interview that I did with Rick Snyder, D.C. area sports columnist, about the Washington football team and the NFC East. All right, Giants fans, I am joined now by former NFL tight end and host of the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast, Ed Smith, to talk about Sunday's game. Ed, thank you very, very much for uh, joining the show. Appreciate you having me, Ed. Hey, no problem. So, you know, Arizona's coming to uh, to MetLife Stadium, 6-6 six and six record. And I'm curious, you know, this team's lost four out of five games. They're a they're a hail mary pass away from having five straight losses. You know, what is this team right now? What are the Arizona Cardinals? You know, Ed, we're still trying to figure that out out here. And you know, I think what we got caught up in is the early success in the season. At one point, we were five and two, and a lot of the, I guess. Uh, things that were worrying me were being masked by the victories, you know, a young team, second year head coach, second year uh, starting quarterback who's finding his way, you know, and he's, you know, kind of electrified everybody early in the season and all of a sudden aspirations and dreams and hopes, you know, they start uh, kind of getting out of hand a little bit out here. And, and then I think over these, these last five weeks, you know, minus the Hail Mary, you know, we've kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. And now you got a lot of people who are kind of down on the Cardinals, whereas at the beginning of the season, 
my uh, host and myself, we were thinking, you know, seven, eight wins on this season would be a success, you know, after a five win season last year, no off season, et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, you know, they won a few games uh, to start the season. Now all of a sudden, you know, they were supposed to be playoff bound. And in my eyes, they're kind of where they're supposed to be. You know, I've, I've said that all along, but you know, we, we now the, the hopes have kind of changed a little bit. We still do have the opportunity to try to get into the playoffs. We're at six and six, you know, at one point held the, our own destiny in our hands, but now we got a little work to do starting with the giants this week who, you know, have been even more impressive uh, in my eye, five and seven records. So this is going to be a good game coming up, looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see how it all comes to play. But uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, like I said, playoff implications all over the place. It is really interesting how fortunes change in the NFL from week to week and and how our impressions of teams change from from week to week just because as you said you know it's you you go through a few games where you look like one thing and then you go through a few games where you look like something else and you know you said some things were being masked early in the season when Arizona was winning and so, so what I'm going to ask you to do is kind of pinpoint some of those things. What, you know, what are those things that were being masked that might be problems for Arizona? You know, Ed, to this point, we still haven't what I would call or consider established our running game. You know, we've, you know, there are some flaws in our running game just because of our approach to it, meaning, you know, we take probably 90 plus percent of our snaps out of shotgun. It's all read option. There's no what I would call downhill running attack, which I think would suit Kenyon Drake better than this read option stuff. Also, a lot of our uh, game passing game has been a horizontal tack sideline to sideline instead of up the field you know every now and then we'll show some spark and you know break some you know toss some balls down the field you know we got a great weapon deandre hopkins to my in my opinion we still haven't used him fully you know taking advantage of what he does brings to the you know as far as stretching and off uh, offense down the field maybe getting some uh, possibilities over the top but we've done so many different things that you know, like I said, the running game, the passing game, uh, we've allowed Kyler to be our lead rusher, which, you know, in the, today's NFL, you know, it's become a little more common for the quarterback to be more involved. But I think he's taken on too much of that. So when teams kind of bottle him up and we don't have that running, uh, you know, portion of our attack and then we don't get any contribution from our running backs, we become very stagnant. And then, you know, it's very easy to uh, defend our passing attack so, sometimes. So those are the things, you know, that have been kind of, you know, when you get the W's, everything looks great because there's a W in that column. But all along, I've been noticing some of these things, and they're becoming more prevalent because teams are now starting to attack us in different ways that we're just not making adjustments to. And, you know, so let's let's talk about Kyler Murray for a minute. I'm always interested in in Cardinals Giants because you're looking at Kyler Murray, who was obviously the first overall pick in 2019. Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick, second quarter. And, and I know that, you know, people go hot and cold on Daniel Jones in, in New York. And I, I look at Daniel Jones as a developing quarterback who is getting better and who has a chance to be a really good quarterback in the league for a long time if that arc continues. I look at Kyler Murray as a guy who, because of what he is, because he's an electric athlete, because 
we see the highlights on SportsCenter. People maybe have one impression of, of what Kyler Murray is. But when you watch him down in and down out, and you watch him every play, you know, for a couple of years, I'm curious, where is he in his development, you know, as an NFL quarterback and, and maybe as a guy who's, who's more than just that, that highlight reel? You know, I, that's a great question, Ed, and I've I've been really impressed with Kyler Murray, both on and off the field, and his in his leadership. As far as on the field, I mean, this dude is so dynamic with his running game. Uh, it's it's I joke with people all the time. It's like playing a video game with him. Sometimes you watch him out there. He's with these elite athletes, and he's making he's making them look like they're in slow motion. It's almost like he's got that turbo button. You know, when you're playing some Madden, you hit that turbo button, and you know you get that extra juice. It seems like he has that, uh, which is a great part of his game. Where I'm still waiting to see some improvement is kind of his balls down the field. You know, and part of it is he's still struggling a little bit, I think, because they're not being creative enough in helping him to, you know, find lanes and ways to be able to see down the field. We all know he's not the tallest dude in the in the room. I think what teams are now starting to do, they're starting to, uh, you know, with uh, dis- discipline on the outside of the rust, uh, put pressure up the middle. And, man, it's hard for him to see through the trees sometimes. So, you know, that leads him into some interceptions that – you know, you wonder what he saw because he didn't see that defender that a lot of the taller quarterbacks could have seen. And then with his deep ball, sometimes I think he's doing it all on timing from practice because he can't see the routes developing. You know, you got to be able to watch a receiver, whether he gets a clean break or, you know, a clean release, then you might have to adjust your you know, throw down the field where sometimes he's just chucking it because in practice everything is great on timing because they're not getting – you know, uh, you know, pressed at the line and the guys are getting off free release and it's all smooth and everything looks great. So, you know, there's some adjustments I think we're going to have to make in terms of maybe getting him out of the pocket more. One concern I do have, Ed, is right now it seems like he's not 100% right now. That shoulder might be a little more injured than they've been kind of letting on. You know, injured it a couple weeks ago and he doesn't look the same even in the running game. It's almost like they're trying to protect him a little bit. If you re- remove that portion of his game, then, you know, he really becomes a whole lot easier to defend. And, you know, we're going to see what you guys bring to the table in terms of pressure and whether we get that part of his game back in the mix, that running game. You know, some of the things that, that you're talking about, you know, schematic changes, all those kinds of things on offense, lead me to kind of where I wanted to go. I want to ask you about Cliff Kingsbury. And and when I do that, I want to say this. When I was one of those people, when the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, I wanted to know, you know, what in God's green earth were they doing? They're hiring a guy who basically was a failed college coach as a guy to come in. And basically, I'm not a fan of these guys who are really glorified offensive coordinators or glorified quarterbacks coaches as head coaches. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm a fan more of the, to be honest, more of the Joe Judge CEO hands on all of it kind of head coach. So really with all of that preamble, you're in year two, almost at the end of year two uh, of Cliff Kingsbury as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. 
What is he as a head coach? Can he be a long-term successful head coach? I mean, is he a guy who can, who can impact the entire roster? And great minds think alike, man, because when I was, when they made the hire, the first thing I thought was, what are they doing? You know, we've gone through the Wilkes experiment. You know, that was a total debacle. He was only lasted one year. Uh, you know, we had Josh Rosen in here. They go make an entire change just that quick. They bring Kingsbury uh, in. And I had the same thought. I was like, this dude was not successful in college. How are you going to bring him in here to, you know, coach an NFL team? And at that, remember at that time, it was like, you were successful by association. If you had a cup of coffee with McVay, then you had to be the next biggest thing, you know? So they made the hire and I was like, well, we'll see where this one goes. Cause I thought we'd be in the same position a year or two later, looking for another head coach. I will say this much. I've been impressed with the fact that he's been able to get the Cardinals to a point where they don't look like a laughing stock on the field. The experiment with Wilkes, man, we were just, it was inept. I mean, we, not only did we, Look like we didn't know the X's and O's. We looked like we weren't ready to play each week. Uh, guys were out there either tentative or just nonchalant and didn't care. Kingsbury's come with a little bit of attitude and a little bit of direction. So that's one of the things I like. The thing that um, I'm a little concerned about, just as you stated, I've always thought, you know, great head coaches are the CEO where they oversee everything. And sometimes I get the impression that Cliff spends more time in the offensive rooms and doesn't necessarily put his finger, his imprint. So, you know, when you, you got a guy that is so in tune with the offense, but everything else is kind of, well, I'll let those guys handle that. You never get the full, uh, I guess, spectrum like a, a Belichick. You can imagine Belichick going from room to room each week Everybody's got to be on the top of their game. He's going to know everything that's going on from who is in the meeting to, you know, what we were concentrating on this week. And he's going to kind of put his uh, stamp on everything. I'm still, you know, the, the one thing I'm still waiting for Kingsbury to do is get that, you know, come from college. It's easy. You know, you most of the time you're playing with a team that's better than the other team. So, you know, you come out and you roll out a game plan and it's going to work, you know, just because you have better athletes. He has not gotten to the point where he's been able to make adjustments, meaning coming into the game, into a game and having a game plan that is the second, like after the first series, you should already be ready to make changes to everything if, if it's necessary. He's not gotten to that point yet. And I'm even waiting for halftime adjustments, let alone adjustments from series to series. So that's the one thing I still think he's trying to figure out along with while he's trying to figure that portion out. What's going on with special teams? What's going on with the defense? We need to get this, you know. So, I'm, you know, it's going to be – I think he's capable, Ed. It's just going to take more time. And we also have to remember there was no preseason. There was no offseason because of COVID, you know, because of COVID. So, you know, there were a lot of teaching moments that without OTAs, without all that intense film study during the offseason that these guys could have, you know, maybe gotten – you know, more acclimated to things. So I give him a little bit of a pass because I do think he's doing a decent job. He's still got a long way to go to have a full grasp on what it means to be head coach, not just offensive coordinator and turn everything over to the other guys. There you go. That's, you know, we've kind of been through that in New York, the last couple of hires with Ben McAdoo and then Pat Shermer where, and, and something, you know, I don't want to belabor this for too long, but you know, uh, Kingsbury did his weekly interview with New York media and I wasn't on the call, 
but I read the transcript and, and and the thing, you know, from a Cardinals perspective that would have alarmed me was when he was asked defense. He didn't say our defense. He said those guys. Those guys. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> not not in tune. Right. Yeah, and that that bothers me from a head coach perspective. But listen, I want to move on from that topic. And I wanted to ask you the Cardinals have several guys on their roster who Giants fans are really, really familiar with, guys that played for New York. And I just want to ask you about the contributions that the Cardinals are getting from, from three guys that the Giants fans know really well, Marcus Golden, Justin Pugh, and, and Devon Kennard. Just tell me, you know, overall impressions of, of what those guys are doing for Arizona, you know, what they're bringing to the table. You know, Ed, I think they're all acclimating really well. I'm still waiting on, you know, like I said, both offensively and defensively for us to figure out our identity. And with that being said, with those individual players, what are their roles week to week? It seems like, you know, they're contributing, but we're still not seeing like defined this is his specialty. This is, you know, his, uh, you know, best attributes to, to help us out on all sides of the ball. So, you know, from week to week, you know, it, the guys are contributing. It's just a matter of us trying to figure out how to get the best out of them. But, you know, sitting at six and six, we can't I can't complain, uh, you know, and then going back a couple of years ago. And I bring it bring it up again when we had Wilkson here before Kingsbury got here. It was a dumpster fire. And I would almost say that guys quit almost a third, maybe halfway through the season. We're not seeing that this year. And like I said, everybody's contributing and everybody is, you know, uh, we're, we're going to find out true character in these last four weeks because of the fact that everybody got so high on the five and two start. Now we're struggling a little bit. We're not uh, running away with the, uh, uh, the, the last playoff spot. So we're going to figure out who is ready to fight these last four weeks. And I think all three of the guys you just mentioned are there with us. Is this going to be a matter of how we utilize them? And, you know, it's, I, and, and I've been there before going back to play a former team, somebody I used to play with, this will be a big week for all of those guys because they want to show that, you know, for whatever the reason they're not still wearing blue, uh, you know, the, the, the giants made a mistake in letting them get away. And Ed, last thing for you, you know, you mentioned it, you know, I think, Early when we started to talk, uh, talking about the Giants in particular, and I kind of want to get your sort of outside impression on Joe Judge and the Giants. It's a little bit of a reversal from what you guys are seeing in Arizona. Giants started 0-5 with a whole lot of those, you know, those things with no OTAs, no preseason, all of that stuff, you know, kind of handicapping a, a rookie head coach and and a brand new coaching staff with a second year quarterback and all that. So they were 0 and 5, then they're 1 and 7. And now all of a sudden they've won four straight games and they just went to Seattle last week and beat a flawed but really good, you know, Seattle team. I'm just curious what your outside impression is of Joe Judge and and what's going on with the Giants. And I've been really impressed, even with the 0-5 start. One of the, one of the things I kind of noticed early in the season, you guys weren't getting your doors blown off like a New York Jets and Jaguars. You know, you were in, in the Giants were in each of those games, lost a couple of them really close. And you can watch a teammate sometime, 
And it's not about the W's. And I said this about our Cardinals last year. We ended up 5-11, and 11, I think it was. It was all about how we were competing in games. And what happens, you start to see guys are starting to believe, even if we didn't win that game, we actually played our tails off and we're, we're making strides forward. So with the Giants, I, I've been watching you guys get more and more confident, especially on the defensive side of the ball and flying around, uh, making plays, and then it becomes an attitude and something like, hey, we, we, we are not only in these games now, we can win these games. And what you guys did to Seattle last week, that was one of the games I kept my eye on because, you know, I do the whole, you know, I got all the games up and I'm kind of picking and choosing throughout the day. That was a game I kept going back to and watching it for long stretches because, first off, you know, initially I thought, yeah, they're going to go out there and they've been playing well, but Seattle's going to be Seattle. Then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, the Giants are really playing well, and it was an ugly game. It wasn't pretty at all, but it was all about the attitude, all about, man, they are actually outplaying Seattle on the road. So then I kept paying attention, and exactly that happened. They just kept going and going, and it's one of those things, man, that you can tell. They believe, and Judge has them, you know, look, we can play with anybody. And I've experienced that before myself, being on a couple teams where we thought, you know, nobody gave us any respect, but we're going to go out here and, you know, handle our business. And, man, I'm telling you, Judge has them playing well and believing in themselves right now, and that's a dangerous thing, especially at this time of year. So I give you guys all the credit in the world. I give Judge all the credit in the world for not just holding it together, but doing it at a time when, Everybody could use an excuse about COVID and the lack of this time together, but they're not, man. They're looking really good, and that's uh, really a, an impressive thing. You guys should be very excited about the direction they're going, not just for this year, but moving forward in general. You know, the one thing about that game that, that I did want to mention, you know, as you were talking about, I, I actually mentioned this to uh, Jason Garrett on a call this week. In the second half of that game, you know, and, and this was stunning. For the Giants, they basically lined up in 13 personnel most of the second half, and they basically just hammered Seattle. They basically said, "We're bigger, we're stronger, we're better, and you can't deal with us." And 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 it's been a long, long time since I've seen a Giants team do something like that. I did a I've done a couple podcasts already this week, Ed, and one of the terminal one of the uh, comparisons I used was remember Kimbo Slice. That dude was bare knuckles in an alley. And that's what the Giants are looking like right now. They will take on anybody in that alley, no gloves, no nothing. Let's just get it on. And that's a dangerous thing. And that look, that was impressive. And I've been there before when you almost beat the other team into submission with your running game. It all starts there. And that was, like I said, that that's going to be something that people are going to have to contend with. And you're going to have to forget about that five and seven or whatever the Giants record ends up. And I know you guys got competition with the Washington football team for that, you know, winning that division. But, man, I'm telling you, they look good and look like they will take their game anywhere and fight anybody at any time. Hey, thank you very, very much. Why don't you uh, let people know where they can find your work, where they can listen to your podcast uh, before I let you go? I appreciate you, Ed. I'm actually on the Believe uh, Network, and that's B-L-E-A-V. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and BLEAV.com. So we do the Believe in Arizona Cardinals uh, podcast every week. I also have my radio show on KDUS 1060 AM out here in Phoenix. Been going strong for three and a half years. It's the easy sports talk show. And if people want to catch up with me, I actually have my autobiography 
autobiography they can purchase if you go to my website it's edsmithspeaks.com my book is on there it was published back in 2005 it's easy does it the journey of a lifetime if you order from the website i actually send them out personally autographed by me personally so i appreciate and uh on twitter and instagram i'm at uh, ed smith speaks so can't thank you enough for having me on ed Oh, thank you for coming on Giants fans. We'll be back in a minute after a short break here, and we'll be talking to Washington, D.C. sports columnist Rick Snyder. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and I'm joined by special guest Rick Snyder, longtime Washington, D.C. area columnist and, and an old friend, here to talk about uh, the Washington football team and the NFC East. Rick, how you doing? Oh, just sitting here in the pandemic watching, uh, watching nothing. <laughs> <laughs> watching a football team that suddenly I thought was dead come back to life in a crappy division. And I don't know. It's either going to be your team or mine. It wins the NFC East. And isn't isn't that crazy? I mean, you go back to the spring, the summer, whatever, and I don't think anybody would have uh, would have would have predicted that it would be Washington and the Giants, you know, fighting it out over the last four weeks of the season. I just don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, well, I mean, after March, this whole life has been crazy. But uh, I thought, honestly, I thought Dallas would win the division and Washington maybe could get second. And maybe they'd win six, maybe seven games. And it hasn't happened the way I thought it would. But they had to really do a pivot point. They started so badly. The defense was horrible. I'm like, what is going on? And then they... uh, you know, the rest of the division was so bad that Ron Rivera, the coach, decided, hey, we could actually win this division with a losing record. So I'm going to play Alex Smith because he gives us the best chance to win. And that's proven true. And I think the division winner comes in at 8-8, eight and eight, but maybe 7-9. and nine. You know, but the Redskins went from rebuilding to, oh, man, we got to steal it now. And I don't blame them. Do it now while you can. Who cares if you're 7-9? and nine? It's a title. It is. It is true. I mean, you can downplay it, but you're still in the playoffs, and we've seen you know seven and nine teams win playoff games before, and it is still something to build on. But I think you're absolutely right that where everything changed for Washington was really when Alex Smith became the quarterback, and and, and we know that that's a great story, 
and, and it was never the intent really for him to be the quarterback this year. It was more or less, you know, get him on the roster, let him have his moment in the sun after the two years away. And now all of a sudden he's, he's quarterbacking a team that, that might make the playoffs. And, and it it's a great story. And, and I think to me, that's where everything changed for Washington. Yeah, because they, they started off with Dwayne Haskins, and he was never Ron Rivera's choice, but last year's first rounder finished the season. You, you kind of had to give him a chance, and he was mediocre. Had some moments, but kind of mediocre. And then they decided, you know, Rivera had Kyle Allen come from Carolina with him, so he thought, let me, you know, this kid knows the offense better. You know, he can do something. And he played a few games and got hurt. So now you're like, do you go back to Haskins and bag the season? And he thought, no, we could still win this division. Let's go with Alex. And Alex had to really push to even stay on the roster in late August. That's how you know tenuous it was. But they noticed he was getting better in practice, and they were willing to take a shot. And he's played some of his best football. And the team has rallied around him. And this team has got a lot of young players that are growing up in this season. And they just are starting to peak. And, I, and if they do get to the playoffs, they can win a playoff game. I don't see them in the Super Bowl, but I, they could win it. They're going to be a tough out. And everybody knows it. Look, they just beat Pittsburgh, you know, and they beat them handily. So, you know, Alex Alex is the real key. And I think the defensive line with Chase Young uh, has grown up suddenly, too. And those two things are really leading this team. And the other thing I think we need to talk about is just Ron Rivera. I thought – from the very beginning, I thought that that Rivera, you know, who's a class guy, experienced guy, veteran coach who knows what he's doing. I thought he was a great hire, you know, for a franchise that has been a hot mess for for years now. Um, just thoughts on, on Rivera and on what he's been through personally this year and, and what he's meant to Washington this season. He was a perfect choice for them, and I think he really has this team moving in the right direction. And no matter what happens this year, I think next year they're a playoff team. Uh, but Rivera had a lot of tough early moments while this team was regrouping. They got rid of Bruce Allen, thankfully, awful president for 10 years. Got rid of him, but now Rivera had to shoulder things like the name change. And then he had to deal with this um, allegations of sexual misconduct in the old front office where everybody's been fired and such. That's a lot of stuff on him. And I thought, okay. And then they get to training camp, and he announces, I have cancer. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. This franchise can't cut a break. And he has, you know, it's a serious thing. It wasn't some little mole removal. It was a real deal. And he underwent seven weeks of serious therapy where he even admitted now that and there were days he wondered if he could make it through this, you know, going to practices and all. He went to practice in a golf cart a lot took a lot of naps. He did a lot of things that most people just would have gone home to recover. And he, he fought his way through it. And the players admired him greatly. Washington has only had a couple of the COVID positives. I think a lot of that stems to you can't get give this to coach. Guy going through chemo could die from this. And so they've really stepped up in their admiration of Rivera too. Uh, and this team luckily hasn't had these problems. Uh, and Ron now feels a lot better. He, he stopped therapy, uh, that three weeks ago, I think, um, and they'll find out later how it's going. Hopefully, great. But um, you know, it took a real man to get through what he's done, and now he's got back this team back again, and they're going to shoulder through. That, it, this and Alex Smith are two stories that you would see once in a career, and they're both going on right now. 
it's it's that kind of year and and you know if if uh if you're not a giants fan you know rooting for the giants to win the nfc east those kinds of stories do give you reason to uh reason to root for washington this year what i wanted to ask you though a lot of the things that you were talking about in terms of you know washington you know sort of moving forward and growing and 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 looking like a team that might be a playoff team a year from now no matter what happens this year it, to me when i look at the giants those things also apply to the giants because of of the way that they seem to be growing and turning a corner and and building something under joe judge and and i just wanted to ask you the the sort of outside impression of of what you what you think uh, of of what's going on with the giants well, I think both the years and my teams are benefiting from the collapses also of the Eagles and Cowboys, and I'm not shedding any tears over that. So, you know, the, the Washington and New York have always been the, kind of a real big rivalry that people don't talk about uh, as much. But, you know, we see what's going on. I, I remember I emailed you like three weeks ago and said, I think the Giants are going to win the division. You could see a really strong game. And then you beat Seattle out there. That's a hell of a win. That's like Washington beating Pittsburgh. Um, those are strong wins. So, you, you know, and you got a young quarterback who's getting, who's getting there. So I think both teams parallel that. It might be that they now fight with each other for the next five years uh, for this. You know, I know one thing in Washington, they just, man, we, we're going to look back on that failed two-point conversion against the Giants in that first game at the goal. I thought they should have kicked the extra point and they had the momentum they could have won it overtime. Instead, that sprung your team and it may cost this team. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was gonna get to that. It's like this whole thing, because the Giants have the tiebreaker. This whole thing could come down to a a a very controversial two point conversion decision. And to be honest, I didn't blame Ron Rivera for that at the time, considering where he was and 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 considering what he's trying, what he was trying to accomplish in terms of you know, teaching his team that he was going to go for it, that it was about winning. But, but boy, when you look back on that, it could change everything. Yeah, I, I disagree with the call on the moment, so I'm not doing hindsight on them here. I just thought they had so much momentum that they could have won it in overtime. Maybe not. I mean, you go for it, but it didn't matter that it was on the road because there's no fans there, so that doesn't matter much. Uh, I just disagree with that. I thought it was a, the wrong thing to do. But, okay, you move on, and then they, you know, they blew the second game with the Giants, giving the ball back in 16 seconds to go and, and let you, you know, tie it. I mean, it's just, wow, those are two weird losses. Just like they they beat the heck out of Dallas twice. And if you told me you're going to crush Dallas twice, but you're only going to be three and seven or something, I would have thought, no way. Uh, you know, it's a weird year for these things. Um, but, yeah, I think I still think Washington has a better chance than the Giants just because of schedule max, matchups. I mean, the Giants, I'm <clears throat> sorry, if they went three out of their last four, then they're it, probably, because um, they have the tiebreaker over Washington. But you got to play um, three really tough teams coming up, and Washington's schedule gets a little easier. They have Seattle uh, and San Francisco, but um, they also have um, Philly and uh, Carolina. Carolina. So I, I think Washington can go three and one, and the Giants, I'm looking at more two and two. So maybe Washington geeks them out. If they don't, they lose the tiebreaker. It's a bummer, but, you know, uh, you lose the two games to the Giants. So it's too bad they're not playing the last game of the season like they have in recent years. Um, and they 
changed it up, and now Washington plays Philly uh, this year. It would have been a great last game to do. I, I think, though, I think you've kind of gotten with Washington to the point where I've gotten with the Giants, and just see if you agree with this, to where it's like, okay, it would be nice if we win the division, it, you know, because a division title is a division title. But regardless, I feel better about the direction of the franchise, you know, going forward than maybe I did three or four months ago, you know, the last few years anyway. I just feel better about where the team is headed. I think you feel that way about Washington as well. Am I right? Yeah, I, I often said they'd get good when I want to retire or whatever. So I'm refusing to <laughs> Len Pascarelli covered the Falcons for 17 years. They were miserable. The year he quits the beat, they went, they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I was like, I'm hanging in here out of spite. But, <laughs> hey, I, last, I, hey, hey, last thing, last thing for you, Rick, before I let you go. Um, just, I think I know the answer to this one already. Are you enjoying, you know, watching the Cowboys and the Eagles struggle as much as I am and as much as Giants fans are? Oh, yeah, because, you know, in Washington, there's a lot of Cowboys, Eagles fans, but everywhere there's always Cowboy fans. And they always talk this stuff, and you get tired of it. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm crying. I'm not going to shed any tears for you. You know, they've had a good team <laughs> over the years, but uh, not your turn this time. So I know people like to tease fan teams that say, oh, you lost to a team with no name. Well, no, they have a name. It's called football team for now. And maybe next year they'll pick a new name, but... I, I I don't mind watching Philly and Dallas have trouble. You know, it's nice to see different teams win. I do like that a lot. You know, I like watching the Browns. You know, doing so well because they their poor their poor fans deserve something too. They call <laughs> them a factory of pain. I mean, you know, <laughs> of that. So it's nice to see some different teams come back up. Yeah, it is. Hey, Rick, why don't you? Uh... Let the folks know where they can where they can find your work, where they can find your uh, your podcast, and all all that stuff. Before I let you go, well, I'm sure Giants fans would love to tweet at me. So uh, it's <laughs> the score remarks. I work at 106.7 The Fan in DC and and other other places dwindling. But uh, I know Giants fans will have something to say, and I'll have to hit the mute button. But uh, you know, <laughs> go ahead. All go right. Ahead. Hey, Rick, thank you very, very much. And uh, Giants fans, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.